Hello and welcome to Senior Times and to the Kathleen Watkins podcast. I'm Mike Murphy and today I'm here to listen and to enjoy the music you've chosen for us, Kathleen. Music and songs that mean a lot to you and that you love. But um, before we start, let me ask you, how important is music in your life? Well, music has always been very important in my life, particularly when I went to boarding school in Sign Hill, where we did music endlessly, and I learned the piano, the cello, and the harp. I think really I was a cellist, if I if I can be honest, at this very late stage. But I just loved um, I loved the stringed sound because that's the string sound of the harp as well. But I particularly loved the cello, that wonderful mellow sound. I can still hear it on the the music room that we had a beautiful music room in school. And uh, and then I was part of a trio um, at that point as well with Mary O'Hara and Deirdre Flynn. And we all know what happened to Mary in her wonderful life of performing. And Deirdre became director of the Feshkjol and she worked at the Feshkjol all her life. So um, so that's that's our story. Well, as you mentioned the fresh coal, I can't let it pass without saying that you have been invited and you have accepted the position of president of the fresh coal in the near future. Am I right? Yes, I'm delighted to be president of the fresh. I've been always a supporter all down the years, attending the competitions every year, different kinds of competitions. I think, how long is the fresh in? going, I think it's going since 1860, time like that. And we've got about 30,000 euro in prize money. And my own disappointment is that not enough people are singing in Irish. And many young boys and girls sing in English in the competitions of the Fesh, but very few people enter the singing in Irish competitions. So I'd love to see that improving. Well, it kind of leads us into our first piece of music, doesn't it, really? Would you like to introduce it for us? Well, this piece is more in the eye, and there was a wonderful man called Sean Ogo Tuama who taught a group of us Irish songs every Saturday for years in the Royal Irish Academy of Music from three to six. And this is one of the songs he taught. It's about Rafji the poet going to Mass in the rain and meeting a beautiful girl and falling in love with her. This is you singing... And as I recall, and I'm sure you won't mind me mentioning, this was one of Gay's favourites. Yes, it was. He included it to my amazement one Sunday on the lyric, his Lyric FM programme. Yeah, I'm 
As you mentioned in your introduction, Gay play, playing it on his on his program, on his lyric program. I remember on hospitals requests when I did that way back in history. Um, one of the most favoured tunes on that was you and Deirdre O'Callaghan singing the bridal path as we walk along along the bridal path that was hugely enjoyable for Deirdre and myself and indeed she comes to mind with my next choice of music which is Kenneth McKellar singing a wonderful piece by Handel called Silent Worship. Well, the air is Handel. And um, Deirdre toured with Kenneth McKellar and she, I remember her telling me he wore evening dress for one half and then for the other half of the concert he wore the kilt and he swished around the stage with this kilt going left and right. It was wonderful. And this piece, Silent Worship, I last heard it sung in a drawing room setting, Tom Murphy, the playwright, sang it in his beautiful light tenor voice. It was really a special moment. You could hear a pin drop. Oh, 
The wonderful voice of Kenneth McKellar, and he really had a wonderful voice. And the heartbreak is in the voice. Yeah. And that's what I love about it, and that glorious music. Oh, my goodness. Where would you, where would you hear music like that nowadays? Well, you'd hear music like that at the concert hall, and of course it's on Lyric FM every day. I mean, I listen to Lyric a lot myself, and you hear beautiful music, beautiful orchestrations. I'm an early riser also, so I look into, I dip into Sky Arts very early in the morning, 6 a.m., if I may say. And um, often concerts, recitals, ballet, opera, everything is there, everything. It's just thrilling. There are two guys who play the cello, um, they're just called the two cellos, and they are outstanding, gorgeous young men playing with the orchestra. And they play, one morning recently, they were playing um, all music from films, from Schindler's, Schindler's List, films like that. Just wonderful. Different kinds of music. You mentioned Tom Murphy there, and uh, Tom had a wonderful voice. He was wonderful, apart from being one of the greatest playwrights we ever had, he, he was he loved music. And one of the things, I, I knew him fairly well, and when we would get together, we both loved to sing the benediction hymns, Tantumergo and Adoremus in Latin. And he simply loved it. <laughs> He was very musical. You could hear it in his voice on that night. I didn't know he sang. I'd never heard him singing before. So it was it was really quite thrilling. Yeah. And he was heart and soul in it. Again, he had, like Kenneth McKellar, the heartbreak in the voice. Though I am nothing to her, I love her till I die. I mean, it's great and stuff. That's, and that's where he got the Gili concert. I mean, which was one of his great I plays. That's was. where he got yes, it. Absolutely. Yes. Um, as regards the harp, and I, you mentioned there the two guys and the cellos, a, a sizable physical instrument, but the harp also. I mean, you and Deirdre and Mary O'Hara and all these women chose the harp, or it was chosen for you, a big instrument to carry around with you. Well, it's, it's not that big. The sea Irish harp is quite carryable, if I can use the word, because you can carry it kind of sideways, you know. Nowadays, they have um, little wheels that they put on the, the big bags and they can... They can walk along with it, really. But uh, no, we managed very well. We had lots of people happy to carry them for us, too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. Our health service is here for you this winter, and we're taking every step to protect you from COVID-19. Our services are open and working, from routine appointments to urgent care. Remember to check your prescriptions and keep a list of your medicines handy. And look out for your Keeping Well This Winter booklet in the post. Visit hse.ie or call HSE Live on 1850 24 1850 for more information. From the HSE. Your free travel card can be used on all Expressway coach services. Despite restrictions, we're staying on the road. Whether you need to attend a medical appointment or for any other essential journey, Remember to travel with Expressway. Expressway. Keeping Ireland connected. Here's your chance to win a top-of-the-range smartphone, a Doro 8050, designed specifically for seniors. Doro are market leaders in creating phones with clearer sound and larger text, one that's protected if it falls or can alert others if you do, and makes staying in touch with family and friends simple and enjoyable. Doro helped to make ageing an independent, secure and rich part of life. As you know, age is just a number. 
All you need to do to win a Doro smartphone is go to the website seniortimes.ie and follow the instructions. The lucky winner will be announced on the Senior Times Facebook page. Doro Phones, making technology easy for all. Say hello to our Premium Plus e-paper bundle, the interactive replica edition of the Irish Independent, Sunday Independent and The Hurl. Every paper, every day, delivered to your tablet, phone or desktop for less than €3.50 per week. Subscribe at independent.ie. Up close and independent. Right, let me go on to our next one now. You've chosen, which I'm delighted because that's one of my own favours too, Vivaldi. Yes, this is the James Galway Vivaldi, his version of the Four Seasons, and I've chosen Spring. I had these recordings, I still have them tucked away, and uh, for years I played nothing else all day, every day in my car, and uh, they're they're just very beautiful. He comes to Ireland quite a bit, um, Jimmy. He was here for his 79th birthday and his 80th birthday, and he gave master classes at the Royal Irish Academy of Music. And I'm so happy to say that Sive, one of my grandchildren, was playing the flute and was in the 79th birthday group and they played at the um, National Gallery and he got the young people, 12 of them, to come up the centre aisle two by two and he made such a fuss of them. But he didn't know that at the end of playing the piece with them, Brian Brew's March, they were going to play Happy Birthday. So that surprised him and that was really lovely. I'll never forget how lovely he was with the young people. Um, he sat at the back of the hall after the concert, which was a packer, um, just talking to them, doing photographs, autographs, all of that. It was just a beautiful moment. There, there was no photographer, there was nobody there from any newspaper to capture it, which I thought was a pity because it was a very different. He was relaxed. He was off playing. He'd finished their performance. He and Lady Jeannie, they both played. And it was just thrilling. And then for his 80th birthday, he was back again and I attended a wonderful concert in the concert hall when I think in all there were about 29 flutes on stage and it was thrilling and Sive, our little Sive was there as well which was a lovely experience for her. Even if she never played the flute again it was just a terrific experience for the kids, you know.
James Galway there with Spring from uh, The Four Seasons by Vivaldi. Um, you were mentioning, Kathleen, uh, in your introduction to that piece about um, your grandchildren, I, I believe really you have passed on wonderful gifts to your grandchildren in terms of the uh, poetry, which we've dealt with in another podcast, and music as well. Did you actually set out to, and say, I really want my grandchildren to love music and poetry? Well, not really. I mean, when, when they were very young, Cronin and Susie were in the recorder class at the Royal Irish Academy of Music, and they didn't pursue it further, but they enjoyed the recorder class. To me, that was an introduction to music, and they were absorbing it. They were surrounded by music in the academy. And Susie similarly wanted her children to have the same. They're doing a little more than they did themselves. And... Um, so they do, um, Saoirse's doing the violin and Saiva's doing the harp and uh, they, they love it. They're also in the choir there. They do speech and drama there. So it's a whole environment of, of the arts, really. Um, it's just a lovely experience for them. I, 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 it's not necessary or expected that everybody becomes a classical musician or goes on to play in the orchestra or be a solo performer. That's not what it's about at all. It's so important that children have a musical education. I mean, I wish we could do it at the age of two, two and a half, you know. Can I ask you, did Gay subscribe to this, wishing to pass love of poetry and music uh, on to the grandchildren? I, the, the main thing he, he was keen on, very keen, that they should read and that they really should read. And in fact, um, the host trio, as I call them, they have become terrific readers, particularly the younger one. I think she was encouraged by her sister and brother, maybe. She reads even more than the others. And it's amazing how, how articulate a child can become from reading. You're moving on to our next piece of music now, and it's Mary O'Hara. Um, I'd love you to talk about Mary O'Hara. I know she's from childhood. She's been a close friend of yours. You still well, is. Mary and I, we, we met at boarding school in Sign Hill and we were members of a trio, Sister Angela's uh, darling trio. Mary was the soprano Deirdre Flynn, who later became Deirdre Flynn Kelleher. She was the middle singer and I was the alto. And we had wonderful times in Sister Angela's music room um, doing trios and duets. And, and uh, she was a wonderful pianist, Sister Angela, and she would play and accompany us for Moore's melodies and all kinds of things. It was just amazing. And Mary, of course, was multi-talented. She was clever. She was artistic. And she comes from a very artistic family. Her sister, Joan, was the Abbey actress. And her nephew, Joan's son, Sebastian Barry, is her well, he's the well-known writer, as you know. So there's talent oozing out of them, really. And um, this is my favourite Mary song. Now, many people would have different favourites. I just think this is very beautiful. And it's appropriate because Bring Me a Shawl from Galway, and that's where Mary now lives. Bring me a shawl from Galway Bring creamy lace from Galway
Isn't that just lovely? Yeah, we used to hear her voice ringing out around the school, you know, and everybody saying, oh, isn't that just beautiful, the sound? It was, it was, yes. Nowadays, everybody knows everything there is to know about a singer, a performer, a favourite entertainer. But of course, when Mary was in her prime, when all of you were in your prime, nobody knew much about you, about your lives. And to be perfectly honest, I know very, very little about Mary O'Hara's life. Will you give us the outlines of her her life? Well, I'll tell you a few things. She married um, a poet called Richard Selig. He was um, a Rhodes Scholar and an American. And he died very young, like a few years later. In later years, she remarried a man called Pat O'Toole and um, they lived on the Aran Islands and Mary now lives in Galway. And um, that's really the story. So she she lost two husbands in her time and um, she toured the world uh, performing, Australia, New Zealand, you you name it. And... um, that's really I remember Gay was very fond of her, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. I remember her. He had her on her first television appearance after she came out of the the monastery. It wasn't a convent; it was a monastery in England. And how long um, was she in in the monastery? She for? entered. She entered a monastery, and she was there for twelve years after Richard died. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Yes, yes. yes. Oh. And then she came out and she was in Canada and she married Pater Toole. The extraordinary thing is that she, on the morning of her wedding, her second marriage, she left Gay's brother's house in Canada to get married. She married from Gay's brother's oh house. Oh, my goodness. And we, and, and we didn't know that at the time. It was all very quiet and hush-hush. But um, anyway. And subsequently, do I recall Gay having her on The Late Late Show after that? Oh, she did a lovely appearance. I, I remember I remember seeing her myself, yes. Next one we have coming up is the one and only John McCormack, a perennial favourite and a favourite of yours for well, years. Well, you see, John McCormack, people like John McCormack and Delia Murphy bring me back to my childhood because they would have been the first records and voices we heard regularly ringing out over RTE radio, old Radio Erin, Henry Street. And um, John McCormack was regularly, I mean, my mother and her generation, they all adored John McCormack. And in many years later, I met John McCormack's widow, Lily McCormack, in New York. I can't remember where it was in New York or who I was with, but I have signed to me a copy of the book she wrote called I Hear You Calling Me. And so I'm delighted to have that. But um, 
I remember my mother being hugely excited when I told her that John McCormack's son, Count Cyril McCormack, was coming over the Wicklow Mountains in a van to bring me and my harp to the old Connor Hotel and Bray to <laughs> sing and play the harp. Uh, they were running the old Connor at the time, and I went and had dinner with himself and his children. They were just a lovely family. And then years, years later, I was down in Ballymaloo and this young man came over and he said, I don't know if you remember me, I'm John McCormack. And it was the grandson of John McCormack saying hello, you know, which was so nice. But um, he, it was an extraordinary voice. And of course, in the National Galleries, there's that amazing picture of him by, isn't it, by Orpham? It is by Orpham. It's absolutely stunning picture of him in kind of a crumpled linen suit wonderful picture, a treasure for the gallery to have. Oh, 
Listening to that, what does it evoke for you, even at this stage of your life? Well, for me, thinking back, I can hear John McCormack songs on the radio in our from coming from our scratchy radio with a wonky sound at home in Sagart. You know, the old radios we all had at those sort of plug-in radios. Uh, I, they weren't transistors, you know. So it, the radio was hugely valuable, hugely important for the news and the music and everything. And um, Radio Aaron were very generous. with. The, he was huge at the time, of course. So John McCormick's voice is just wonderful for me. And, and his breathing, he had the most amazing, I think, I think like James Galway, maybe he took a breath on a Monday to last the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you when you reference radio there, it reminds me um, uh, of the Waltons programme. Do you remember the sponsor programmes on RT Radio? Leo Maguire Indeed. presented the Waltons sponsored well. programme. Yes, and yes. you often featured, I remember you, your songs being featured on the well, you Waltons programme. You see, I knew all those people very well. I did a B&C course in uh, balance and control. Balance and control. Um, sound became, I suppose, in today's world, it's a sound operator. So I really fancied myself putting the orchestra out on the air and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So, and then just when I had started to put on records for people like Liam Valley doing hospitals requests and so on, then there was an ad in the paper for a thing called television. So that changed everything then. Oh, and, and had you actually done it? I never knew you did a course in oh, yes. balance oh, and I control was, Mike, was to be a technician qualified. behind yeah. the glass, I really. I was fading them in and out. Really? Yeah. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> and then the call came from television, and that's how you were, you and, you'll have to remind me, Nuala Donnelly and, and Mary, Mary O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan. Yes. The three of you were then chosen to be the three faces of RTE on the first night and for many, yes. many years but to come. But a very funny thing, I remember one day, we were only a few weeks on the air, we were having regular breakdowns, and I met Barry Baker in a corridor. He said, oh, we're just having a meeting there. He said, I'm just wondering, um, would you like to sing instead of speaking? I said, I'm not sure I know what you mean. He said, you know, with the harp. I said, Barry... I don't know what you're talking about. He said, we had a meeting and we thought, instead of doing all that promotional work, all those promos you have to read, wouldn't it be grand if you had the harp tuned up and ready? <laughs> and, and, and I thought, Barry is not a well person. I don't know what he's talking about. But he was serious. So a few days later, I had stopwatch out and I timed some record, some songs, and I had the harp tuned in over there. So breakdown, red light on, cue Kathleen, and I was on and I sang songs at the <laughs> Now, 
I told that all over America when I was touring in America. And I, t- I remember Theresa Lowe, who was an announcer, coming up to me saying, I really have to ask you something. Is it true that you had your harp in? <laughs> I said, well, actually, it is. I'm thinking back now, it is funny, isn't it? it is. A harp tuned in over there. There's a breakdown. Grab There's a breakdown, the but first a song. Yeah, burst into song. <laughs> So I did, I did what I was supposed to do. That's very funny. Yes, yes. (laughs) Memories, memories. Memories, memories. Say hello to Independent Weekend Home Delivery. Save up to 40% with the Irish Independent and Sunday Independent delivered to your door every weekend. Plus, enjoy premium access to independent.ie and read our interactive e-paper edition all week long. All from just €5 per week. Search for Independent Home Delivery now. Your free travel card can be used on all Expressway coach services. Despite restrictions, we're staying on the road. Whether you need to attend a medical appointment or for any other essential journey, remember to travel with Expressway. Expressway. Keeping Ireland connected. Here's your chance to win a top-of-the-range smartphone, a Doro 8050, designed specifically for seniors. Doro are market leaders in creating phones with clearer sound and larger text, one that's protected if it falls or can alert others if you do, and makes staying in touch with family and friends simple and enjoyable. Doro helped to make ageing an independent, secure and rich part of life. As you know, age is just a number. All you need to do to win a Doro smartphone is go to the website seniortimes.ie and follow the instructions. The lucky winner will be announced on the Senior Times Facebook page. Doro Phones, making technology easy for all. Our health service is here for you this winter and we're taking every step to protect you from COVID-19. Our services are open and working from routine appointments to urgent care. Remember to check your prescriptions and keep a list of your medicines handy. And look out for your Keeping Well This Winter booklet in the post. Visit hse.ie or call HSE Live on 1850-24-1850 for more information. From the HSE. All right, another piece of music coming up now. Would you like to introduce it? This is Elgar. Yes, um, Jacqueline Dupre. I remember seeing her on film doing wonderful recitals with the with the cello. She had, oh, she played the cello like I've never heard it played in my life before or since. And her husband, Darren, Daniel Barenboim, was conducting. She'd be playing away and she'd be looking over and looking up at him lovingly. It was just wonderful. And then one day she was practicing and the power went and she had no power. In her arms. And that was the beginning of multiple sclerosis. Oh, God. And she, she really never played again. And I found that heartbreaking. But there are some recordings still knocking around. Uh, I saw a film about her, and the film was disturbing, actually, because it didn't make her out to be a very nice person, and that really upset me dreadfully. But um, musically, it was sensational listening.
the wonderfully talented and ultimately tragic Jacqueline Dupre there. Interesting uh, to hear her playing the cello and referring back to a comment that you made very early in this recording where you said that you probably would have preferred to have been a cellist rather than a harpist. I, th I, think, I think I really was a cellist more than a harpist or a pianist, you know, just the way there are instruments to suit people. Doris Keogh used to say that when she had a recorder class, she knew by the look of somebody coming in the door if they were for her or... <laughs> I had visualised her saying inwardly, get thee to the cellos, <laughs> get thee to the oboes, you know, get thee to the piano. Well, she'd know by the look of them. She just knew by the look of people, she said, whether they were, <laughs> you know, kind of suitable or not. Anyway, um... But are we on now to Delia Murphy, our next um, performer? You see, again, like John McCormack, Delia Murphy was never off the radio, but we used to imitate her at home because she had this very Irishy, like a countrywoman sound. You know, there's a wake, darling Roger, there's a wake in Gildare. And it was very, it was very Irish, essentially country Irish. And it was wonderful stuff. I mean, darling Roger, is it, that's a terrific song. When I have a glass of wine in me, I, I do that myself. <laughs> but, but not here, not here. But anyway, uh, but the Three Lovely Lassies in Banyan was a huge favourite. Now, this lady, I never saw her, but... I heard about her. She married uh, a gentleman who was one of our Irish ambassadors abroad. So I often have pictured her performing at um, embassies abroad, at Irish embassies. I'm sure that must have been wonderful, bringing a flavour, a real flavour of the real Ireland to an embassy party. It, that must, must have been something to behold. Did you not know her? No, I never knew her. Did you no, not? No. I, I assumed that oh, you no, knew Oh, no, I was a child and she would have been, she was an adult and never met her, never saw her performing. But I had this vision of this woman. I mean, her records were huge. She she made many records. And um, uh, the, the Three Lovely Lassies is one of them. There are a whole lot of them. Um, and Roger, darling Roger, there's a wake in Kildare. And Roger, dear Roger, dear Roger, he'll be there. He is kind, he is true, and good care of me he'll take, and we'll all be home together, coming home from the week. <laughs> <laughs> right, here's Delia. <laughs> There are three lovely lassies in Banyan, 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 Banyan. There are three lovely lassies in Banyan, and I am the best of them all, and I am the best of them all. For me father has party while chillin, 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 chillin. Me father has party while chillin, and the grass of a goat and a cow, and the grass of a goat and a cow. And me mother, she says, I can marry, 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 marry. Me 
me mother, she says I can marry, and she leave me her bed when she dies, and she leave me her bed when she dies. So I'm sending me shoes to be mended, 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 mended. I'm sending me shoes to be mended, and me petticoat to be dyed green, and me petticoat to be dyed green. And the next Sunday morning I'll meet him, meet him, meet him, meet him. And next Sunday morning I'll meet him, and I shall be dressed like a queen, and I shall be dressed like a queen. You can nearly hear the sound of somebody winding up the old gramophone to play the 78 with all the scratches on it, can't you? It's 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 wonderful stuff, really. I often wonder, was that her real accent? It's essentially an, an, a wonderful Irish country accent. I hope it was, because it would have been distinctive and special and different and unusual at yeah. maybe embassy parties around the world. Yes. You know, makes a great picture in your mind. It this does. woman being herself, very much herself. And the songs were were suitable to her voice, all those kinds of songs. Um, we, we, we used to sing them all the time as kids. L- let me ask you about Gay in terms of music. I, I, I know and knew how much he enjoyed to sit at the piano and doodle and play. He actually really loved music, didn't he? Now, yes, of he course, did. his yes. big thing was jazz. And did you did you cross over to become an enthusiast in jazz? Or did you encourage him to sit at the piano and play a little to 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 entertain himself, you and others? Well, he he loved jazz, all kinds of jazz. I liked a little bit of trad jazz, but I wasn't into the way out stuff, really. Uh, but he was huge into all of that and really, really loved it and played a fair bit of that on the Sunday programme. But his piano playing, he he really loved the piano and he, he never had much time. But in fact, he even in his later years, he was still learning the piano and practising pieces, need masses of music. I still have them there at the piano. And uh, he just, he loved it. He really loved it. And he loved to tootle about a bit um, on the show when we did the show around the country. And people were amazed. They didn't know he had had a keyboard on stage and he would just start playing something and get people to join in. It was was great fun. And that was that was a big surprise at the end of the show. I think I think he was enjoying himself at that stage of the show because near the end of the night's work, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, but he he uh, he really loved the piano. He would go down and practice for hours and then 
when he became ill, his fingers were kind of numb. It became very difficult to um, to play, and he didn't play. It just it was just un- so uncomfortable. And similarly, his eyes were being affected by the medication as well, and so the reading was a bit uncomfortable towards the end. You know, he also loved to actually perform. I mean, he loved to get up and do a Cecil Sheridan piece. I mean, those were the kind of things that he was so good at. They were they were terrific pieces. He absolutely adored those. He would always do those at our Donegal gatherings. And uh, I mean, we walked for over 26 years with all our Donegal gang in Donegal and I mean, all over Donegal. And we would have party. I mean, I remember having a guest this gentleman came to stay with us for a week and I only cooked his dinner once because we were had a, a dinner and a concert in every other house for the rest of the week. And that's the way it was, you know. And we would walk long walks or short walks, sometimes in the rain, sometimes not. And uh, they were terrific times. They were very special to him. Nobody, radio and television was never mentioned. You know, he was just one of the gang, you know, and we were we had marvellous times. And I remember it seemed to be so easy to entertain people. You could entertain two or 22 just as easily. We just put out whatever we had, you know, and everybody mucked in, if you like. Yeah. And that was the way it was. It was just Good sheer memories. enjoyment. Good memories yes. for you. Final piece. And uh, this is the way. This is the way to go out. By the way, well, with a piece yes, like I, this, I, I feel we, I, there's nothing more to be said. This is kind of quite stirring and strong and forceful and magnificent. What is it? The Brandenburg Concertos. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, if you're going to go out on a high, that's the way to go out with the Brandenburg Concerto. Kathleen Watkins, can I thank you so much? I've enjoyed myself immensely. I sincerely hope you've enjoyed yourself immensely too. Have you? I've had a ball, Mike. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I'm delighted to hear it. Well, so on behalf of Senior Times, this is Mike Murphy saying goodbye and once again thanking Kathleen Watkins. Thank you.